0: I want to say today, I want to suggest to you today that your story is more powerful than you think. Your own story, your story of what God has done and is doing and is yet to do in your life is incredibly powerful. In fact, Revelation 12, 11 says this about your story. And they overcame him. Who are they? They are you and me, the followers of Jesus. They overcame him. Who's him? The devil. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Come on. We overcome through, like we're getting, we're getting close to Easter, through the cross of Jesus Christ, we overcome the enemy and we overcome him also by the word of our story, the word of our testimony. And what I want to do today in this uh, few minutes we've got left with, with each other is I want to share some of my story with you, my story of how I've come to be here and sitting here with you guys today. And I want to pull out so, uh, from it some of some lessons that I've learned along the journey. Is that Okay was going to be story time. We're talking story today, and uh, I wanted to share that with you guys, and, and I want to encourage you that your story, just like mine, is incredibly powerful, and, and you have the power to change lives and transform situations and overcome the enemy just by sharing your story with people. So let's dive into it. Um, uh, I sit here at this point in time as the senior pastor of Elam Christian Center, which is eight campus churches. So my job is to oversee all the eight campus churches and all the team and the oversight and stuff, and... Um, it's an amazing, amazing opportunity. It's an incredible privilege to do it. But you have to realize, I didn't just wake up this morning and decide that's what I was gonna do. Like, I didn't just wake up, what am I gonna do today? Sunday, I'm gonna be a preacher. That's what I'm gonna do, like, Uh, I didn't start this journey with this in mind. Like, I I didn't grow up in church. Like many of you, I didn't grow up in church. Church was not a familiar territory to me. Didn't grow up with the Bible. Didn't know Bible stories. Didn't know nothing about nothing. I had a loving family. Grew up in East Auckland. Uh, Went to Edgewater College. Any Edgewater peeps in the room? Nope. There's there's, there's not many. Tangaroa College. (laughs) I did a teaching placement there, so my peeps. Um. I grew up in a great home. I have an identical twin brother. He's not a Christian. So if you see me doing something I shouldn't, it's not me. Just just assume it's not me. Um, But I I grew up and I had lots of friends. I was successful in sporting endeavors and different things like that. But I got to my teenage years and I just started to feel really lost. I don't know if you've ever felt that, like, like the outside of your life is good, but the inside is like, man, something's not done, like there's, it's almost like there was a part of Steve that wasn't finished, it was like there was a void, there was a hole, and no matter what I did, no matter how successful I was on the track, or how successful I was, and with friends, or with whatever, it was like nothing would fill the gap, it was like man, I'm, I'm lacking purpose, and meaning, and and I started to ask the big questions of life, like why am I here, why, why is the world here, what is space, like that's, like when you, like if you really think about it, that stuff freaks you out, like what happens when I die? Like, it's, I had these big life questions, and I, and, I, and I didn't have any answers. And I began a journey of just trying to discover what life was all about. And uh, along that journey, I, I started dating a Christian girl. And uh, praise God, I've been married to that Christian girl for 15 years, and we have two beautiful children, which is amazing. Uh, that's just the grace of God. You guys aren't as excited as, as the other services were. But hey, if you saw her, you'd know i married up. And, like, it's the grace of God. Is that I, I get older and bolder. She just gets like a fine wine gets better. I was like, I'll tell you what, you serve Jesus, he'll look after you. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm getting lost. And uh, she, this Christian girl, <laughs> she invited me to church. And I, like I'd never been to church before. And, but I was on this journey, man. I was on this real deep journey to find truth and meaning in life. I'm like, man, I can't find... All the experiences of life, alcohol, drugs, girls, like it just was like, that's not it. It's not filling it. Like there's something else. And so I went along to church and the first time I went to church, I walked in the doors of the church and it was our botany campus. And I walked in the, over the threshold of the doors of the church and I immediately was just overwhelmed with this. I mean, all I wanted to do was cry. I was like, wow, like um, this emotion. There was these people on the door that were welcoming me in. they were like welcoming me like they, like they knew me. They didn't know me. Like I was, all, all I thought was gonna happen was I was gonna get hit by lightning. In the church, like I'm a sinner. I don't know Jesus. I'm going to the church. I'm going to die. Like this is this is not going to go up. Well. But these people are like welcoming me in and, and are friendly. And I'm in this room. I'm like, all I want to do is cry. I'm just this emotion. And I'm seeing what these people have. And I'm like, man, I like what they have. How do I get it? Like they've got something that I don't have. And and I really want it. it was so attractive to me and so intriguing to me. And all the people in the church, they were singing and clapping their hands. And I was like, calm down. It's like Sunday morning. Relax. Don't get so worked up about this. Yeah, I know he, He's an awesome God, but just chill. Like, you know, I just didn't understand any of it. And, um, but, but I went back to church and the same thing happened again. I just was overwhelmed with this, like, I oh mean, I just want to cry. I just feel this emotion. It was like, it was almost like God is just like knocking on the door of my heart. And I started to hear about this God that loved me and this God that had a purpose for me and planned for my life and, and wanted to, me to walk with Him and know Him. And I was just like, well, this is blowing my mind. Like, I've never heard this stuff before. And I, I remember one time, one uh, afternoon. It was an uh, it was an afternoon, I had an after-school job filing paper in an office in Penrose. So I'd drive to Penrose, and there'd be a stack of paper on the desk, and I would have to take those bits of paper and just put them in little pigeonholes. It was my IQ dropped having that job. I like I got dumber. Like it was just the most four hours of my life just putting paper in boxes. It was it was it was horrendous. But I remember I was at this job, and I was. Just sitting there doing my job, and I had this moment where I just felt really low, really lost. And I don't know what was going on, but I knew what happened. I I prayed my first prayer, the first prayer I'd ever really prayed. And I prayed this. I said, God, and I, I didn't even pray it out loud. I prayed it in my mind. And it was in a room full of people, about this many people, about this big. And I said, God, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. But if you're real, you can have it. And in that moment, friends, in that instant that those words left my mind, I was filled, like, tangible, filled with the tangible presence of God. God flooded that room, that office room in Penrose, not in church, not at a service, in an office in Penrose, God showed up and met me right there. And from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, I was overcome and overwhelmed with the tangible presence of God. I felt love, I felt peace, I felt purpose, I felt acceptance, I felt belonging, I felt like I'd come home. Everything I was looking for, I found in that one prayer and I tangibly felt it. It wasn't just, I I, I thought it, it was, I could feel it. And it was so overwhelming that out loud, I said, stop. So I'm in the office, stop. And everyone like, in the office looks at me like, get back to work, where do you stop? And I was like, man, I just prayed to the God I heard about in church and he showed up. Like he, he, he met me right where I was. And I was like, this is unbelievable. So I was like, man, the next time that church is on, the very next Sunday, I'm going to church. And I know because that church at the end of the service, the preacher will say, if you want to give your life to Jesus, come to the front. And I'm like, man, that's me. I'm that guy, I'm going. And the very next Sunday I went to church It was an evening service about 7 p.m. because I didn't want to get up early. But, you know, I wanted God, but I didn't want to get up early. And and I went to the 7 o'clock service, and there was a guy preaching called Johnny Lee Cleary. And he was an ex-KKK grandmaster. Like this guy was a white supremacist, come to Jesus. He was preaching. He was mad. Like he he was a madman. I went. I didn't care what he was saying. All I knew was I was coming to Jesus. So at the end of the service, I put my hand up. I ran down the front. I got down the front of church right about there and I got on my knees and I gave my life to Jesus. And from that day to this day, my life has never been the same since. Can I tell you friends, here, here, here is the first lesson, the first takeaway. And if you wanna go to heaven, you should write this down. That's not in the Bible, but I wouldn't risk it. The single most powerful decision you can make is this. Number one, say yes to Jesus. Say yes to God. Say yes to him. See, the Bible says this in Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not some, not a few, not the religious people, not the perfect people, not the people that have it all together, not the people with a perfect story, not the people without a background, not the people without a past, not the people who haven't made mistakes, everyone, everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Friends, can I encourage you, if you're here today and you don't know God, say yes to Him today. I'm gonna, it's gonna be my joy to give you the opportunity like I had at the end of the service to say, if you wanna know him, you can come to know him and God can take and change your life today. Just say yes to him. And if, if you're here today and you've been walking with Jesus for some time, here's my encouragement, keep saying yes to him. Don't get stagnant in your faith. Don't get to a place where I made it, I've heard all the sermons, I've been to all the services. No, 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 no. God, like if you're not dead, God's not done. I didn't say that in the first two services. That's for you. That's for you, Ray, filming me. If you're not dead, God's not done. Just keep saying yes. The the journey to the purpose of God for your life is just a succession of yeses. Yes, Lord, I'll do that. Take a step. Yep, I'll do that too. Take a step. Maybe God's calling you to get baptized. Take that step. Join a small group. Take that step. Lead a group. Hello, take the step. Do whatever God is calling you to do. What was the last thing God asked you to do? Did you do it? Say yes. Just say yes and just keep taking those steps and God will lead you into your purpose after saying yes to Jesus man I grew like crazy it was like I was so hungry for God I was so like man if God is real I don't want half of him I want all of him like I don't want to just like oh cool I tasted Jesus like that's awesome I had a little little sample I'm like give me the buffet I'll eat the whole thing like I, I want I don't want a slice of the cake I want the whole cake all right I'm gonna eat the whole thing. Like if God is real, I don't want a little bit. I want all of them. Everything he has for me, I want. And so I like, I devoured the Bible, man. I would, I would, I was at uni and I'd go to my car at lunchtime and I'd read my Bible in my car. I was just like, this thing is amazing because I never read it before. And it was like the, the, the life that was coming off the pages into my heart was like blowing my mind. I'm like, I'm gonna have friends. I'm like, boys, None of my friends are Christians, by the way. I'm like, boys, have you read this? It's amazing. Like, I'm just thinking it's like any other book. I'm like, guys, you need to read this. It's this like changing my life. It's unbelievable. And within three months of following Jesus, I was serving in youth ministry. I just got involved. And I was helping run a boys group and all kinds of stuff. I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I, was just, I just wanted to serve God, you know? Within a year, I just grew, man. My trajectory was like massive. Within a year, I came on staff with Elam Botney. I came on staff part-time running youth ministry, uh, during that time, I studied a degree. I got a bachelor's degree in physical education. It took me four, f- five years to do a four-year degree. I ain't the brightest light on the Christmas tree. Don't judge me. C's get degrees, people. Listen, I'm telling you, it's a fine art to know the minimal amount of work you need to do to pass. Like, what, what do I need to do? Cool, I'll get that. I'll do that. Well, I was, so I, I studied, part, I studied um, physical education, and while I did that, I was part-time youth ministry, four years, and after my degree finished, um, the pastor Luke called me, he said, look, we want you to come on staff full-time as a youth pastor. And I said to him, look, I'll give you one year. I did this teaching degree, it took me a long time. I'm going to be a teacher, but I'll give you one year of my life. I'll do youth for one year and then I'll move on. And uh, within two months of being youth pastor, we were running a youth leadership camp. And while we were there in the middle of worship, I just felt God speak to my spirit. And he said, Steve, give your life to this. Give your life to this. You're not going to be a teacher. Give your life to Elam. Give your life to my church. Give your life to people. Bex and I were married at this time. She was at the same in the same meeting, and at the same meeting, she was on the other side of the room. God said the exact same thing to him, her, at the same time, and we just were like, "Man, that's it. That was the." the rest of our lives. So for four years, we just poured our lives into young people. So we just, man, we, we saw hundreds of young people come to Christ. We saw bapti- hundreds baptized. We saw the miraculous power of God move. We saw miracles. We saw healings. We just saw God do outrageous amounts of stuff. And this leads me to my, my next thought. My second lesson is this. Number two, God has a purpose for you right where you are. Right where you are. I love this. First Corinthians 7.24 says this. So brothers, in whatever condition each was called, There, let him remain in God. In other words, whatever your position right now, God's got purpose for you there. Like the purpose of God and God's plan for your life doesn't start somewhere far away. It's not like somewhere later on in my life when I'm married or when I've done my theology degree or I've done ELC, that's when the plan of God starts. That's where God's, no, 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 no. Wherever you are, God has purpose for you right where you are. No matter what you've done, no matter what your story, God has a redemptive plan for your life. And I believe, friends, it's not necessarily far away. In fact, it's right here, right now, sitting in the room right now. This is God's purpose for your life. This is When you walk out the doors, whatever you walk into, you're still in it. You don't leave it. You don't arrive at it. It's the journey. God's purpose for you is the journey. So you're a mom, you're a dad, you're retired, you're a nurse, you're a doctor, you're a physician, you're a mechanic, you're unemployed, you're, you're a social worker. Whatever you are, God's called you there. God's positioned you there. God has got purpose for you right there. Your job is just to follow his leading when you're there. After eight years of youth ministry, I was done with young people. I was like, teenagers drive me mad. We did eight years of of youth ministry, and we got a call to go up to Whangarei to lead our Whangarei church and bring it in as a campus church. And I was 27, Bex was 26, we had a one-year-old boy, and we knew nobody in Whangarei. And so we went. We went up to Whangarei, and uh, man, the church up there was just an absolute train wreck. Like we, We had to bring this church in as a campus, but man, it had abusive leadership, it had just manipulative, controlling, just leadership that had really just ruined a whole bunch of people. People were like absolutely just messed up in a whole lot of ways. They had four and a half million dollars debt on the building. They had declining membership. That was just like the biggest train wreck you could ever imagine for a church. And uh, just keep in mind that we were newly graduated youth pastors. I didn't even know how to talk to big people. Youth ministry to that. It's like like three weeks before we went to Whangarei, I was getting teenagers to drink stuff out of my shoe at youth group. You know what I mean? We made a game up. It's called ooey, gooey, gooey, drink it from my shoey. It was a game. It's amazing what teenagers will do for a morrow bar. It's like, do this, I'll do that. So then I'm up in Whangarei and we've got this train wreck of a, of a church. And man, I remember this. I remember this so clearly, sitting in my office every single morning. You know what my prayer was every single morning? God, if you don't show up, we're all stuffed because I have no idea what I'm doing. Like I, I, I'm a newly graduated youth pastor. I've got this train wreck of people. I've got this church, which is dying. I've got this debt, which we can't pay. I've got final notice after final notice, power bill. Every, we can't pay anything. We can't do it. I'm like, God, if you don't move, we're all wrecked because I don't know how to do it. I don't have the intellect. I don't have the skills. I don't have the background. I don't have the experience. I don't have anything. So it's got, God, it's gotta be you because it's not gonna be me. And listen, this is what I learned in that season. Number three, God's purpose is bigger than you. God's purpose is bigger than you. If God calls you to it, friend, he will equip you to do it. 2 Corinthians 12, nine, 10, 9 says this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Stop trying to be tough, man. Stop trying to be strong. It's not gonna work for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me friends the purpose of god for your life is bigger than your experience it's bigger than your education it's bigger than your past it's bigger than your current circumstance it's bigger than your marital status it's bigger than your mistakes it's bigger than your failure it's bigger than your intellect it's bigger than your iq it's bigger than all of it friends it's so much bigger listen you what we think is often the things that disqualify us are actually in the economy of god what qualify us like Because you think, I can't, and God's like, cool, you're not going to get in the way. When I move, I'm going to move, and it's going to be me. Friends, the things you think disqualify you are the things that actually qualify you. You think, man, Steve, I can't, I don't, I haven't. That's okay, because you know the one who does, who can, and who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all you could ask, hope, or imagine. Just get your eyes off you. Just get your eyes off you, because God's purpose is bigger than you. Do you know what my prayer was this morning as I was getting ready for the service? God, help me get out the way. Help me get out the way. I don't want to be in the way of God. I, I want to acknowledge that, man. Listen, honest, the honest truth is I, I, I'm, I'm, if you got close to me and you knew who I was, you would never give me this microphone. I'm an idiot. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just like following Jesus. And it's in that place of God, you need to show up. And if you don't show up, it ain't going to work. It's a beautiful place to be because it's not on me anymore, it's on God. And, And if you've never been to a place in your faith where you got stuck and had to pray a prayer that was, God, if you don't move, nothing's gonna change. God, if you don't move, if you don't show up in this moment, I'm stuffed. If you've never prayed that kind of prayer, there's a whole lot of country with God you've never seen. There's a whole lot of territory in your faith that you've never, ever stepped into. Friends, don't get so good at doing stuff that you don't need Jesus to come through and fill the gaps. I didn't say that to the other services. After four years of I ser- was an ouch? Oh, I was hoping for an amen. <laughs> oh, gee, I don't, I'm not too sure if that means I'm preaching good or bad. Like, <laughs> ouch. Oh, gee. It's actually my first ouch. That's awesome. I like that. I've had amens. I've had go away, but I've never had an Ouch. After four years of serving God uh, in Fangale, we got the call to come back. And, and Pastor Luke called me at 7.30 in the morning. And you know if Pastor Luke calls you at 7.30 in the morning, you answer that phone call. So I answered the phone. He said, look, we had a meeting last night. We want you to come back to the Botany campus. And that was the place for us where the journey started, where my wife grew up in the church. I got saved there and got baptized there. We got married there. We dedicated our kids there. Like That, that for me was the place where it all began. And we came back and we just invested the last five years of our life just sowing into that church and loving the people and seeing hundreds of people come to Christ and people baptized and just God do an amazing, amazing thing. And then for the last 12 months, I've sat in this seat of being the senior pastor, which is overseeing all the eight campuses. And um, it kind of leads me to my, my last thought. And I, and I want to invite the band to come and join me now. But my last thought is this, the greatest thing, this is the greatest lesson I've learned on the journey. And I hope, I hope you hear my heart on this. The greatest thing I've learned is this, number four, don't quit. Don't quit. My life verse has become 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. simply says this, be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever in vain. Nothing you do for Him is ever wasted. Nothing you do for Jesus is ever a waste of time. Be steadfast, be immovable, Steve, don't quit. Don't quit. Can I be honest with you guys for a minute? I've wanted to quit more times than I can count. And that's the honest truth. Like I've been, I've been on staff now with Elon for nearly 20 years and I've wanted to quit every single month. Oh, you were going to say every year, no, every month of those 20 years. And that's not an exaggeration. That's That's the honest truth. Like I've wanted to quit more times than I can count. I've been deeply discouraged on the journey. Like, man, I've been discouraged. I've had people like send me hate mail. I've had people tell me when I I got sick that it was God's judgment on my life and God was going to remove me. Like people say stuff to you, man. Like people will say things to your face. You're like, man, I'd never say that to another human being. But you take it, oh man, but it hurts. I've been discouraged. I've been like disillusioned. I've been offended. I've been hurt by the church. I've been hurt by leaders. I've like gone through stuff, which is like, man, I just wanna, I'm, I'm ready to throw the towel in. Like I'm giving my life to this and all I get is pain. Like I'm, I'm ready to call it quits. And I've penned my resignation letter literally multiple times. Um, and I've also been to a, a place where I feel like I'm literally walking in the valley of the shadow of death, where, where it's like I'm alone in the dark and I don't even know if God's still there. And if you've been into that place, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have never been there, that's cool. Don't ever wanna go there. But some of you have been there and you know what I'm talking about. Where you're like, man, I don't even know. I'm like I've been to the depths of depression and anxiety, fear and worry and, like we you become consumed with death and it's like, man, I'm walking that valley right now and I don't even know God if you're still here or not. It's a crazy place to be. Man, I've wanted to quit. I've wanted to quit on God. I've wanted to quit on the church. I've wanted to quit on ministry. I've wanted to quit on my family. I've wanted to quit, man, so many times. But here's what I've learned. You wanna know the truth? Showing up is half the battle. Showing up is half the battle. If you can just get back, if you can just show up, if you can just not quit and just keep going, you'll get there. Like the reason I'm here right now, is not because I'm special or important or anything like that. It's just because I didn't quit. In the times I wanted to, I didn't. Like I just kept showing up. I didn't want to come to church, but I showed up. Man, showing up's half the battle. Like those mornings, I'm like, I don't want to go to church today. You come, you go, man, I'm so glad I came. Because you just got to show up. The rest will take care of it. You're just gonna show, up, keep showing up in prayer. Keep showing up in the Word. Keep showing up at your small group. Keep showing up in serving. Keep showing up in giving. Keep showing up in church. Just get back here as often as you can. Just don't quit. And it's a word for someone in the room today, and I've felt it all day, If someone is here, and you're like, man, this is the last day. I'm quitting. I'm done. I'm just showing up. This is my last shot on God. Listen, the Word of God for you is this. Don't quit. Don't. I know you want to, but don't. I know you want to. And I know some of you are in the valley right now. You're in that really hard, really dark place. And you're like, I don't know if I can even hear or see God. Th- that's okay. I want to say it's okay if you're feeling that way. It's okay to be in that place. What you need is just the family of God around you. Because when you can't hear him or see him, grab onto someone who can and let them walk with you. Like, I don't know the way. I do. I can hear him. I can see him. Um, walk with me. I'll help you. Don't run away from the family of God. Don't quit on it. This is one of the things I think last year, the COVID thing, man, this is one of the the things that's done. And 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 this is one of the greatest lies of the enemy. And and one of the greatest strategies of the enemy is to make the church believe that this is no longer important. That this right here, this gathering together is no longer important. It's so important. Like if you think you can do this, this faith thing without this, you're kidding yourself. You're kidding yourself. We need this. This is a biblical mandate to gather together. Why? Because without us, you'll quit. Without each other, if I didn't have you, I would have quit a long time ago. We need each other. Just show up. Even when you don't want to, show up. Showing up is half the battle. Just don't quit. Man, I don't feel like praying. I'm gonna pray anyway. Man, I don't feel like reading the Word. I'm gonna read it anyway. Because I know when I do, it's like, oh man, I always walk away different. I always walk away a bit more healed, a bit more whole. I've always walk away feeling like God's spoken to me, but I've just got to not quit on it. And some of you here today, like, I feel just to, lead, to speak into this. Some of you have quit, not on church, but on the other spiritual disciplines. Prayer, the word, proper fellowship, where you're gathering with a community and like small group kind of styles. Like you're here in church, but you've quit on all the other things and you're frustrated right now in your position Because you haven't grown and you're looking for exits. Here's what you need to do. You quit something. So pick it back up. Pick the word back up. Pick prayer back up. Pick journaling back up. Get back to that small group. Get back to those people that hold you accountable. Pick it back up. Stop looking for exits. Look for entries. Look for entries back. Look for entries back. Can I pray with you, church? Come on, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this beautiful group of people. Thank you for bringing us together. I thank you for our stories, that our stories are powerful. And just as you sit here, friends, with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, I wanna leave you with one little bit of homework today. Um, Your homework is this, go share your story. Go share your story. That's my story, you've heard mine, but what's yours? Whatever it is, it's powerful, carries with it power to overcome the works of the enemy. So don't hold it. Don't keep it. Give it away. Give it away. Give it to somebody in your family, in your workplace. Just share your story. This week, God, I thank you for those in this room who are gonna step out this week to share your story and that there is gonna be an overcoming as a result. Lord, I pray for us in the room who need to say yes. Who need to say yes to what you're calling us to do. Lord, help us take those steps and say yes and be obedient. God, I pray for each of us to know and discover that there is purpose for us right where we are. Like not, It's not far away, it's not removed, it's not somewhere in the distance, it's now, it's here. Help us to see it. God, I pray for you that you would help us to understand that In your purpose for us, it's not about us. Help us get out the way. God, whatever you're calling us into, we trust that you are the one that's gonna empower. You are the one that's gonna gift us. You are the one that's gonna pour your anointing out. Lord, help us not to think it's about us, but help us to always remember it's you. And God, I pray for those in this room who are ready to quit. Father, I pray, give us a tenacity. Give us a steadfastness of heart to say, you know what, I'm not going to look for an exit. I'm going to look for an entry. I'm not going to quit. Because Jesus, you didn't quit on us.